The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart. They're sexy, and they're all fit. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome into episode number 48 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Wilson with my co-host, Jesse Town, and we are the Babes on Broad, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Make sure, if you haven't already, follow us on all social medias. You know our personals by now, but click on at Babes on Broad on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Check out our YouTube to see our all our past live shows at Babes on Broad on YouTube, and then you can see our current shows on there as well. And then check out our website. I know we keep getting couple messages about our recipes and stuff like that and everything's linked to the website so if you are looking on our socials for something can't find it go to the website babesonbroadpodcast.com okay i've been dreading this all day now on to the three five and one philadelphia eagles and you have this fun little fact in here jess they are oh five and one in one o'clock games this season three and oh in primetime games which is exciting besides the fact that they play at one o'clock mostly the whole season. And one more primetime game. Do we count? So, I mean, they're just one o'clock games that they've lost. They haven't played any four o'clocks yet. They might be better there. They've got a couple of those left. <laughs> I think two of those left and a primetime game left. So, hey, optimism. Yeah, right. And then they that also brings them to one and four in games after the bye with Doug Peterson. I'm just so tired. I'm so tired of saying the same things. I'm so tired. I'm tired of, all right, really, let's run through the positive really quick. No injuries. Big news. Love that. Lane Johnson played all 67 snaps. Also love that. Didn't give up a single pressure. Fantastic. Zach Ertz, 21-day practice period has been activated off the IR. Love that because the Dallas Goddard tight end one crowd has been pretty silent since he came back because he has been mm, irrelevant. So, I'm tired. The not positives, obviously the negatives, the same thing. (laughs) Um, I mean, my biggest annoyance, like we can talk, we'll talk about the defense. We'll talk about play calling. My biggest issue is the way that they constantly hurt themselves and shoot themselves in the foot. I'm Jason Kelsey played one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. There were at least three bad snaps that hit, yeah. hit the quarterback in the ankles. And, I mean, one of them was to Jalen Hurts. The drops, 
you had at least four drops on Sunday. And to me, I constitute a drop as if it hits you in both of your hands and then hits the ground, that is a drop. It's not like a stat that can be tracked because it's like, what do you constitute one? So for me personally, yeah. I constitute, it hits you in both hands and then hits the ground. You think about in baseball, that's how they calculate errors. If it's in a, basically if it's around your glove and it's playable, that's right. what they constitute as an error. So that's your logic. And that I think is right. And I'm, if I'm even being more lenient in my logic and putting less of the blame on them than they would if they were playing baseball, because there, because there's, there are times when you get like a hand on it and it's a, t- yeah. it's a tough catch and it would have been awesome if you came down with it. Do we constitute that as a drop? Most likely no, because it was still a difficult play to make. Once yeah. they hit you in both of your hands, there's quite literally no excuse why you shouldn't come down with them. Dallas Goddard dropped one that hit him right in the hands. Miles Sanders dropped one that hit him right in the hands. Greg Ward dropped one that hit him right in the hands. And Travis Fulgham dropped one that hit him right in the hands. There is no one making plays on the ball. You have a ball hit you directly in the hands, you better come down with it. I'm so, so, so tired of having this same conversation. I watched Jordan Reed scoop a ball off of the top of a blade of turf grass on Sunday with three fingers, and Dallas Goddard can't catch one that hits him in both the hands. It's exhausting. I'm so tired of going back to coaching or going back to this or going back to that because at the end of the day, there are things that are your own fault. You're an NFL receiver, catch a ball. Yeah. For a quarterback. Control what you can control. Carson Wentz tripped over his own feet. Like, that's ridiculous. You're an all-pro center. Snap the ball correctly. You're a Super Bowl-winning head coach. Stop forcing Jalen Hurts onto the field for no reason. There are things that they just hurt themselves with, and I'm exhausted watching them over and over again when I have not seen one, quote, playmaker we're supposed to have on this roster make a play. I've seen them screw up plays, makeable <laughs> plays, but they have they don't they don't make plays for this team. They don't go out of their way to make some sort of spectacular play. And and it doesn't need to happen every week, but every like uh, we what, 9 games now? I haven't seen one. Yeah, and I agree with you. And to go along with that, I mean, Kelsey, I he had a terrible game and there's no going past that. But I don't I won't harp on him too much just because it's Jason Kelsey. He's played through every injury imaginable. So he deserves some slack. And the only other person I'm really willing to give some slack to is full gum for that drop pass because when he dropped it, he's the only one that you could tell was noticeably upset. You know what I mean? Like he act he knew he should have had it. He was pissed. The rest of them I feel like they just like drop it and they're like, oh dang. You know, like it's not like you don't see that passion anymore. That doesn't make, I, I'm, because it, it's it's week in and week out, we see the same things and nothing gets corrected. And that's why I have an issue. Like, I totally understand wanting to give Jason Kelsey some slack because he's Jason Kelsey, but also you're Jason Kelsey, perform. You're better than that. Like, yeah, but I mean, three, it's going to happen. Three bad snaps, though. Three bad snaps, though. You're right. You're right. It was a terrible day, but we also don't know what's happening in his life. One bad snap here <laughs> and there, fine. Three in one game against the New York Giants, really? Me being sensitive, Sam over here is saying something could be happening that we don't know about. So I'm willing to give him slack for that. I am because so it's unlike the point of sensitive. I'm so beyond <laughs> the point of sensitive because I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted making excuses for these people at this point. I have never been no, more right. miserable watching the Philadelphia Eagles in my 25 years of life. This is the absolute right. worst season I've ever sat through, and it's only halfway over. I've never hated the Eagles more than I do this current season. 
No, you're right. And that's what, even before we started recording, this team is so brutal that I literally have detailed notes, like analyzing the game throughout. As soon as they got back from the half, they scored in like two minutes, three minutes, something like that. And then the defense just let Daniel Jones and the Giants run down the field like it was no problem. I was infuriated. And then the fact that Carson and the offense came out just lackadaisical, couldn't do one thing. And it wasn't even just that drive. It was like the following three drives that literally nothing happened. I, it, it lost me. And that's what it's just so like right now, our job should be fun. We have really cool jobs having a sports podcast, you know, and yeah. right now it's actually freaking brutal yeah. and I hate it. And it just sucks. And that's what this team is doing. And to go along with that, 10 possessions, they didn't even get past their own 25. 10 different drives, they couldn't get past their own 25. That's ridiculous. And and so and much of it is shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, and you were supposed to be getting healthy this week. You were supposed to have everybody coming back. You had two weeks to prep and get in sync and do all this. And we saw none of that. Yeah, and I even had some hope. I was like, okay, so obviously they're going to start slow. Maybe they will come back and they'll click in the second half. And it looked like that the first drive. And then after that, nothing. And the defense you didn't see come alive the entire game, which is absolutely embarrassing. 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 Like, draw on the floor. Our defensive line is supposed to be the greatest part of our team. And they were freaking absurd. To let Daniel Jones leave, lead their rush four yards, 34 year, yards of that was on one run that ended up as a touchdown. Absolutely embarrassing. And I understand that Daniel Jones might have some hidden motor, like he's kind of fast. Nobody knew that. But that's ridiculous. There was like so many chances, just, just missed tackles. He was untouched. Green. He didn't get touched. There's, I feel like there slightly could have been called a hold on Jalen Mills on that because the guy did have his arm wrapped around him to keep him outside, but I didn't really go on that because I thought it would end up being no big deal, and it did, but whatever. whatever. I mean, we'll they do. were defending zone reads like toddlers. Like, if you put 11 toddlers out there against the New York Giants, it was essentially the same execution. It was- we talk about this balance every single week. We're saying one of our keys to the game, because it's a must if you want to win, is you need to perform well on all sides of the ball. You can't keep having this lopsided, complete lopsided. And this time it wasn't even completely lopsided because our deep, our offense was trying to do something, but they weren't clearly as good, nearly as good as what they should have been. And then our defense was just a complete flop. It was just off balance. And it was just, it was just terrible, Jess. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and they're, they're not getting help from anywhere. So I mean, there's plenty of blame to go around, right? Like, I don't understand the people that are like, oh, this is all Carson Wentz's fault. Did Carson Wentz have a great game on Sunday? No. Did he miss some throws? Yeah. Did he have four balls dropped? Yeah. Did he also take care of the football, not play hero ball, and do everything everybody's been screaming that he can't do or won't do? Yeah. So there's plenty of blame to go around. Part of it also goes to the the play calling. I mean, oh, a huge part. What Carson's? We're we're driving down the field, and all of a sudden they get a first down. Then they run another play; it doesn't go anywhere. And you bring Jalen Hurts in on a second and ten. What on God's green earth is the logic there? That makes absolutely no. I am so yes. sick of Jalen Hurts being shoved at us. On our pregame live show, we said over under like three or four times we'll see Jalen Hurts. 
The only person that said over was because the Eagles, LOL, would be up so much that they would have Ertz just come in in the fourth quarter. I mean, not Ertz, Hertz come in in the fourth quarter. And then we freaking see him multiple times. What I what was the exact count? As soon as we saw him that first time, right. it was so it would have had to been pushed. But, like, it was just so illogical. It never works. He had, what, out of the whole season, maybe one positive play that he was in? I think three total, maybe out of like 15. They're trying to, they're trying to justify the pick to us and themselves. And there is absolutely no justification for it. There's no justification for it. It was a terrible pick. It was a mistake. And they need to admit their mistake and stop trying to force him on the field because they're doing nothing but hurting themselves more. Because they're not calling the right plays for Carson Wentz's strength. We've talked about this so many different times. Carson's not being moved out of the pocket. They're not utilizing the bootlegs at all. It's something that they need to do because that's where Carson excels. And instead of doing that, they're just letting, they're just forcing him to be something he's not and then trying to force Jalen Hurts on us. So not only are you not letting the offense get in a rhythm because you're not calling the right plays for your quarterback, you're also then taking him off the field. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. You're not taking him off the field. You're moving him out wide instead. So you're playing 10 or 11 football with one option for what Jalen Hurts is about to do. So the defense not only has one extra person out there playing than you do, uh, they know exactly what you're going to do. So it's useless. Useless. Like, and it's not even like they're, like exactly what you're saying. They're not even switching it up to try to do a trick play. It's the same exact thing every single time. And going back, that is one of my biggest frustrations about this So many people want to harp on Carson that he's not playing well, blah, blah, blah. And this week, my biggest thing with Carson is, yeah, he had some overthrows and everything, but he he was just playing so safe, and that's not his fault. It's because they're not utilizing him. Like you said, like Dan Orlovsky tweeted out last night, and it's so true. It took until 7-16 left in the third until the Eagles called back-to-back plays for Carson to get out of the pocket. Those just back-to-back plays result in yards of gain on their offense they stopped calling it after that. What is the logic there when a simple eye test to any person watching this can tell that is Carson's strength and it not only benefits him and utilizes him to, in the best way, it helps your entire offense. Why not use that? There's no reason why I can sit here and we have the same template for our shows every week. You and I use the same template (laughs) on a Google doc and I make a copy of the page and there's no reason that I shouldn't be deleting everything on that page aside from the titles of our different sections. That is a great point. Great point. We have the same thing. didn't delete this, uh, this one. I made a copy of the page from our our recap of the last Giants game. I didn't change half the things on there because it was the exact same. Play calling and defense were both on this list already. Jalen Hurts being shoved on the field, also on this list. There are so many things that we have sat here and said and not deleted off of our show page every single week. It is the same complaints. It's the same issues. And there's no reason that we can figure it out. And for some reason, all of these people in the NovaCare complex that are getting paid millions of dollars to figure it out can't. That's ridiculous. I didn't even think of that 
one of the confusing things too is Doug Peterson on 94.1 WIP yesterday. Yeah, because it's Tuesday right now. So Monday morning originally starts off saying, I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off at myself. I'm pissed off at the way we played. And then later on that day in his press conference goes, I feel good about the plays that have been called. I looked at my game yesterday and I felt I was in rhythm. There was what? No, there was no rhythm. Nothing that could be construed as rhythm happened in that game on Sunday. Absolutely and nothing. Sunday's game was kind of just like, it's eating at me. And then seeing those, like that last comment that he doesn't understand or can't even see, that's a huge problem. And I'm seeing like, obviously it's radicals and like memes and stuff on Twitter that like Eric Bieniemy instead of Doug Peterson, I'm not even saying that's out of the water at this point. I am so fed up and I love Eric Bieniemy so much that it just kind of, eh, like it intrigues me at this point. I mean, at this point, I don't, I don't see that happening just because at the end of the day, I don't think it'll Doug will happen. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl and he has earned the right to at least finish out his contract. If nothing else, I don't think he, I think he's been God awful this year. I don't think he deserves to be fired or should be fired or will be fired. Someone tried to make the argument, oh, well, the Cowboys got rid of Jason Garrett. Maybe it's time for the Eagles to do the same. Well, Jason Garrett did a lot of did a lot of this and, and never won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Doug Peterson had seven starters on IR, took the team to the Super Bowl. The next year, also a bunch of injuries, dead in the water, took the team back to the playoffs. And last year, with an entire practice squad offense, took the team to the playoffs. You know, I, I I know Doug's been bad this year, but I, I see no way where I want him fired. I want an actual offensive coordinator to be in here instead of five people trying to make one offensive coordinator. That's pathetic. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I don't think that it will happen, but that's the problem is that Doug has me so fed up. I'm actually contemplating these theories that I'm seeing. And that's the problem right there. And I agree with you. The biggest thing, they're not going to fire Doug Peterson after this year. regardless if he completely tanks and they should but the biggest thing they need to do is a freaking offensive coordinator and it just shows and the eagles they try to with chip kelly they always try to be that smart and outplay and bring the new nfl and do all that and it didn't work with chip kelly it's not working with an offensive coordinator by committee and i'm just sick of it and it it just needs to change. They need an offensive coordinator. But if Doug does not do good and we miss out on Eric B and then Doug tanks again and is just not good and doesn't step up and doesn't fix whatever he needs to fix, I will be furious. Yeah, I mean, I don't really see a situation where Eric Bieniemy would end up here anyway. I think there are much more appealing places to be that don't have as many issues as the Eagles do right now. But with that, what are your, real quick, just to run through, what are your three, top three reasons for the Eagles loss this week? Yeah, basically we, everything we already went through. Play calling is my number one. Number two, defense, absolutely terrible. And then number three, I kind of lumped everything by just saying lack of energy. All the drops, everybody came back healthy. It was supposed to be a division game. You're supposed to have that. And we just never saw them click and play up to what they were supposed to. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I'm going to go. My number one is kind of what I harped on in the beginning, shooting themselves in the foot. It's really just pathetic at this point. You know, the coaches have been pathetic, but you can outplay that. And the Eagles have not to this point. I'm just really tired of I, I'm, I'm exhausted of saying the same thing over and over again. 
because it it's pathetic that and embarrassing that we have to keep harping on these same things. Um, I know we talked about in our pregame show, like the Eagles are a bad football team and we need to keep to stop kidding ourselves that they're not a bad football team and stop getting so angry week in and week out. But at the end of the day, these are a bunch of grown men. These are a bunch of professionals. They should be able to correct mistakes better than they have at this point. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to go with defense at number two because they are sad and I'm extremely disappointed in that. And then the third is play calling, uh, obviously not letting the offense or defense get into a rhythm or do anything right, but, you know, ultimately making plays can overcome that. And, you know, they haven't done that either. Um, but with that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll answer some questions as well as talk about what's going on in Philly. You are listening to the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back in to episode number 48 of Babes on Broad. So we're going to take you into what's happening around Philly, more so what's happening around the NBA and MLB and all kinds of stuff. So just take take it away with it's been happening. The NBA trade period is open. I'm so excited because the Eagles have been killing me and now I can let them, (laughs) I can, there's more things, because think about it, usually by this point, we've got some hockey, we've got some basketball, we've got some things to like take our mind off of it throughout the week and so far it's just been the Eagles lose on Sunday and then I have to dwell on it until the next Sunday it's unbearable so at least the NBA is starting to do some things now that we can pay attention to but the trades that have happened so far are nutty to me Robert Covington for two first round picks and Drew Holiday for three first round picks Two former Sixers on the move for a combo of five first-round picks and multiple players are involved in those trades, too. So the market right now is just outrageous. And I I don't don't understand it. Well, so right now, I don't know what the idea is for the Blazers to give up two first-round picks for Robert Covington. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's, I don't know there completely. But... Mm -hmm. The Bucks are trying to make sure they do everything they can to keep Giannis because he'll be a free agent next year and they want to sign him obviously to a super max contract. They want to keep him in Milwaukee, but they want to show him that they're willing to do anything and everything to help build the best team around him and keep them as a contender. So now you have Giannis, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, which is an interesting combo because they also traded Eric Bledsoe and um, George Hill out uh, to the Pelicans for Drew and with the three first round picks as well. So, and they also traded for Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Kings as well. So they're trying to do what they can to show Giannis that they want to keep him there. Obviously, they want to keep him there, but like show him that they're willing to do anything as well to continue to build the best organization around him. But that just makes the market so much crazier because up to yeah. the point that num- the number one, the, the, oh, and Chris Paul was traded yesterday too to the Suns. So 
I think the craziest thing is like that happened first, but then these two happen. These two like random role players get traded for multiple first round picks. But the other two players that are pretty much on the trade block right now are Russell Westbrook and James Harden. And think about what it's going to take to get one of them. Now, James Harden to Philly has been a rumor. His two rumored trade destination preferences are Brooklyn and Philadelphia. I don't know if he remembers that there's only one basketball they're allowed to play with because watching him, Kyrie, and KD fight over a ball in Brooklyn will probably be one of the funniest things ever. And I am in the minority. I don't want anything to do with James Harden in a Sixers jersey. Nothing. I want nothing to do with it. It'll take too much, especially after these couple trades. So without putting Ben or Joel in that package, they're not getting that far. And I don't, they're untouchable in my opinion. Also the way he plays is disgusting and not sustainable to winning consistently or winning a championship. And I had somebody say to me on Twitter yesterday, Oh, well, did you love Allen Iverson? One, I was five when Allen Iverson was here. <laughs> um, so I knew nothing Two, of course. I love Allen Iverson for who he is, the icon that he is and the attitude that he brought to Philly. Did he ever win a ring? No. And there's a reason he got close. He got close. So did James Harden. There's, there are reasons that they have, it's, it's not sustainable to win that way. It's not possible to win that way. So the Sixers need to not go backwards and need to continue going forward and just get shooters around Ben and Joel and not a ball dominant flopping Mm -hmm. person. I agree with that, but because it is such a talked about thing, what are some of the trade packages? Like, would they have to give up a Ben or Joel to make that happen in the trade theories to get hard in here? Yeah. And oh, then at this point, it seems like it, it, it appears as if the Sixers have said they're off the table, that we are not even listening. Yeah. Because I think, I would, I think more than anything, why would the Sixers not want to give Doc Rivers at least one season with both Ben and Joel? Exactly. Actually, not more, you know? Exactly. And we already talked about that too. When, Ben's the one that designed their new dark jersey or black jersey. Like, why would they have plans of getting rid of Ben and then be like, but design our jersey before you leave? That yeah. would just be I mean, asinine to trade either. Yeah. Of them. I did see one tweet that was like, with Joel Embiid and James Harden, they would literally get a foul on every single play and the other team would foul out and be forced to forfeit. So they would win a lot of games and they would be six hours long, but they would win, which isn't wrong. But like, I, it, it would be painful to watch. Yeah. I hate watching James Harden play and I, I I will lose all of my marbles if I have to watch that for an entire season in a Sixers jersey. I think that's a terrible idea. We have a Kardashian connection on it because James Harden dated Chloe and then God, We don't need another one. <laughs> One's enough. Not enough. I don't yeah. need, we don't need another one. We don't need another <laughs> one. So... Here, the other thing that's going on now, there's multiple notifications that we're going to talk about with this one. So Theo Epstein, we're moving on to the MLB, yes. just stepped down as president of baseball operations from the Cubs. Now, I also just got a Bleacher Report notification saying he's not pursuing a position with the Mets or the Phillies after his resignation because he wants to take a season off. Now, Doc Rivers <sighs> and Daryl Morey also both wanted to take a season off, and now they're in Philadelphia. What do you think? Well, you just kind of sprung that last one on me. I hope we can talk him out of it and make him an offer he can't refuse. But, man, you just blew up my bubble with that one. I'm so sorry. What was your bubble before? 
Tell me about yeah. your bubble before. So my bubble before, obviously it'd be a great move, I think, if the Eagles, I mean Eagles, if the Phillies could finally part ways with Andy McPhail. He's done nothing besides get Bryce Harper here. But then other than that, he hasn't had any luck. I mean, he is the one that took Jake Arrieta from freaking Theo Epstein because Theo Epstein was a genius and thought he wasn't worth it and got Jake Arrieta at the right time. So, I mean, it would just be stupid if the Eagles didn't, I mean, I keep saying Eagles, if the Phillies didn't at least try for it. Epstein has had prior, even before the Cubs and leading them, building them to a World Series victory. He also was GM with, um, the Boston Red Sox and led them to victories in like 2004. And I think another world series championship. Let me see if I, yeah, in 2007. So he's had proven records of building teams and then having them be world series contenders and then winners. So I think if anybody, I mean, any team looking for a president of baseball operations will be after him, but the Eagles Phillies need to, jump and just try to make an offer and try to convince him to come to Philly, do something, even if it's just like at a lower position right now so that he could, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they'd be able to do that and just be like, yeah, just chill and do something mild this year. And then next year, take over kind of thing. I mean, all John Middleton has to do is look across the street to what the Sixers did. And there are now two guys employed by the Sixers who both wanted to take some time off and the Sixers made them offers they couldn't refuse. Yeah. You know, that's what that's what they need to do. And at this point, I mean, John Middleton wants to get rid of Andy McPhail, but doesn't know how. So yeah. this is the perfect this way is... to hand him a blank check and say, here, do it. You don't want to fire somebody. You don't want to be the business leader in the room and fire somebody because for God knows what reason, here's your easiest way to do it. Make it happen. Yeah, it needs to happen. Uh, I'm stressing now that he doesn't want a job, but. Just because I think the Phillies have made it so clear how cheap they are. So, we'll see. Pathetic. I just label yeah. all the organizations. Pathetic. Philadelphia, they've all been pathetic. Sixers, not so much. Flyers, not so much. Don't let me down. But yeah, right. with that, <laughs> that is our episode for the week. So, thank you for listening to episode 48 of Babes on Broad. Be sure to keep an eye out for our next episode this week, breaking down the matchup with the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. As always, thank you to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Make sure to go follow on all the social medias. We will talk to you later this week. We are the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Babes on Broad. BGN.